Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. The unseen. The unseen. And whether we like to acknowledge it or not, because some people get a little bit weirded out by this when we kind of start talking about these kind of things at the church. We live in two, in two types of realities. We live in a seen physical world, And we live in an unseen spiritual world. That's just the truth of it. That is just what is truly going on in this world that we live in. There's the physical world, the material world, the things that you and I can see with our eyes, the things that you and I can touch, the things that you and I can can smell, the things that you and I can, can perceive with the senses that God has given us. Then That's in the physical world. But there's also an unseen world that exist, and it's a spiritual realm, it's a spiritual world that you and I cannot see with our eyes, that you and I cannot touch with our hands, that you and I possibly we can't smell, we, we possibly can't taste it, we possibly can't really make sense of it, kind of like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And, and it's there, and it's true. But there's two risks. That are involved when it comes to the unseen. The first risk is that there's an overemphasis on the unseen. Praise the Lord. And I think we've all seen this person in our, in our lives or in our churches. That they're on their way to work. They get a flat tire and they say, brother, I didn't make it on time to church because the devil was out to get me. And he he put a nail in the road and now I got a flat tire. Well, maybe it was the devil or maybe it was just a nail in the road. I mean, I don't know. You know, and we can make an over and we can find the devil in every little thing when we make an overemphasis. On this spiritual world. Not on the, not on this, get me straight, not the spiritual life that you and I should have. But what I'm talking about is when we start seeing demons around every corner. When we start seeing devils under the, under the beds. And we start thinking that everything negative, everything bad that happens in our lives. That bad grade that I got as I was studying for my test or that, that, that bad moment I had at work, it was the devil working, trying to get me and know, well, maybe it's just because you didn't study or maybe it's because you weren't being responsible at work. And there's a danger, there's a risk that we can be, uh, we can emphasize a little too much on this world. But there's another danger, which seems to be a little bit of a, um, they kind of seem to go against each other. The second danger is that there can be an underemphasis. <laughs> we go to the extremes. And we either overemphasize the unseen world, or we other underemphasize the unseen world because it makes us uncomfortable. Uh, we don't want, 
It just makes us feel a little bit uh, scared and, and we don't really want to truly acknowledge what's going on. But see, the, the Bible says that there is a real battle. There is a real spiritual conflict that is going on in our lives, that is going on in our families, that is going on in our churches. And we run a risk when you and I don't want to truly address this reality in our lives. We run the risk of under-emphasizing this truth. We got we to gotta find the middle ground. We got to find what, what is the healthy balance in our lives. Because to be honest with you, when you overemphasize on the spiritual world and you're overemphasizing on the devil out to get you, you're, you're truly showing a lack of faith that Jesus is greater than any devil that may attack us. At least that's what I believe that Jesus is greater, that God is greater. That no, nothing can come and affect me without God standing in the middle of it. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be spending some time talking, uh, speaking from the subject of, of the armor of God and the different things God has given us to be able to wage this battle, to be able to withstand any attack against us. And we're going to be going through Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, all the way through 18 uh, the, during the next few weeks. But I want you to understand that this battle is constantly waging in our lives. It's a real struggle. And today we're going to be speaking from the subject of open eyes. Open eyes. In every stage of our lives, whether you're a child, whether you're an adolescent, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're an adult, you're a midlife crisis adult, you're a, a senior in life, every stage of life brings different challenges. Can we agree with that? Amen. Brings different challenges. And there's struggles and there's challenges, there's fights, there's things that you and I have to overcome. There are things that are changing from one age to another age, from one level to the next level. And there is a constant, constant effect of change in our lives. And the struggle is how do we transition from one phase to the next phase? And it sometimes may seem, church, that the, that the struggles in our lives are greater or there's a greater number of struggles than there, are a, uh, there is a number of good times in our lives. At least there have been times that, like that where for me, like a whole year has gone by and this was like the worst year of my life. And I remember declaring 2010 as the worst year of my life. A lot of things happened in my life that year. And principally, I lost my brother. And it was a bad time. It was an awful time. And then, and then guess what? 2011 rolled around. And it seemed like 2011 would never end. And then what happened? 2012 came. And I thought, I thought 2011 was bad. Oh my goodness, 2012 came and it just wiped out 2011. And it just seems like we're constantly, constantly trying just to get to that next place. And I'm going to be honest with you today, these past summer months for us and my family, particularly my wife and I, have been one of the most difficult months in our lives. But one thing I've learned, church, one thing that you and I 
need to understand and I've learned and I want you to understand is that God can bless you in the middle of the struggle. It may seem like life is just getting the better of you. It may seem that the world is caving in on you. But God can bless you in the middle of that struggle. Now for some of you, the things that my wife and I have been dealing with may not be that big a deal. Our house won't sell. It just won't sell. And speaking of the unseen, I went to my house on Tuesday. I'm walking around looking at it, thinking, man, what a beautiful house. Why don't people buy it? They don't even make an offer. What is going on? I'm having to pay double payments. And what in the world, Lord? Why are you not allowing this to sell? And then I'm walking around. I'm looking and looking. And I was about to leave the house when I decided for whatever reason to go into the laundry room. And I opened the laundry room, which I had not seen yet. And as I opened the laundry room, I look at the wall, and it's covered in mildew from the ceiling to the top. I was like, I'm not in Houston. Why does it look like a flood just came through here? The whole wall was destroyed. What would have happened if I had not decided to go into the laundry room? I had not seen is that more damage would have happened because I probably wouldn't have gone back till ne- next week, till this week coming up. And that's why it's very important that you and I understand that there are unseen things in our lives that we truly need to open our eyes to because if we keep our eyes close to them, it causes damage in our lives. We don't know how to address it. We don't know how to, how to tear down those walls to remove that mildew, to remove those things that are hurting your life. We don't know how to, how to make things better because we are refusing to acknowledge that there is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual war. And I can tell you I've been tested in my faith. But I believe I've stood firm and I believe my wife has stood firm through this. And I've cried tears, honestly. I've cried tears as I pray and I ask God, Lord, what is going on? But I can still say I trust God. And I can honestly tell you that I've had many questions to ask God. But I can say I haven't doubted him one bit. See, it's okay that there's times that we we have questions. We have times where we struggle through things. And it's okay to to, to look at God and say, Lord, why, why is this going on? Why is this happening? And that's why God gives us that opportunity for you and I to speak with him and talk with him. So that we can work through these things. But see, this is the biggest struggle that my wife and I have had. And for you guys, it may be a different struggle. Us, this is the sale of the house and the finances. And what are we going to do? Why is it not selling now this other, other step of a burden that's been put on us about the repair of the house? But your struggle may be different. But the truth is that we all struggle. And when this struggle is done for us, the most likely thing that's going to happen is that there's going to be another challenge in our lives. And although the house for us has been a physical thing, the reality, church, is that it's a spiritual battle for my wife and I. Because our physical realities are directly tied to our spiritual lives. Our physical realities are directly tied to our spiritual lives. 
Whatever battle you're going through right now, whatever, whatever situation you're struggling to, through, it's spiritual also. Don't ignore the truth. If it's a problem between you and your husband and you and your wife, there's also a spiritual element involved. If it's a struggle in your finances, don't ignore the fact that there is a spiritual aspect of it too. Because everything in our physical lives is tied to our spiritual lives. And we struggle in this physical world and we tend to seek spiritual answers. Why? Because we know there's got to be something else. And you can deny it, but there are people that maybe had a hard time coming to faith and they're still doubting in their faith, but you're searching for answers. We sang that, right? We've seen many people searching for answers that only God can provide for us. And, and there's people that try to fill it with, with men, with women in their lives. They try to fill it with material things, possessions. They try to fill it with alcohol, with drugs, with money. They try to fill it with pleasures. But there's only one thing that can fill our spiritual lives and bring satisfaction to us. And that's Jesus. He's the only one that can give us what we need. And Jesus is at work for you and for me. Second yes. Kings chapter 6. I'm going to, um, you, you don't have, we're going to have it up on the screen here. If you want to open your Bibles, you can. But let me give you a little context. In Second Kings chapter 6, we find the king, of, uh, uh, king Aram. And what we find is that Israel, the people of Israel are in a battle with this king. And this king is setting up strategies uh, and setting up plans to destroy the Israelites. But it seems to happen that every time this king, the enemy of Israel, decides to act upon the Israelites, it seems like the Israelites are always one step ahead. Finally, the king gets so frustrated and he asks, he calls his leaders together and says, Hey, there's something going on here. We must have a mole. We must have a leak. There must be a traitor amongst us. Who, which one of you? Like if anyone was going to volunteer that, right? <laughs> which one of you here is against us? And what the, the advisors to this king tell the king is that, well, you know what, king, it's none of us. We're not doing this. What's going on is that there's a, there's a man by the name of Elisha. And every time that you say and set forth a plan, it apparently God speaks to Elisha, and Elisha hears your very own words, even the words you speak in your bedroom, it says, the Bible says. And, this, and Elisha goes and tells the king of Israel, and they already know what we're going to do. So the king gets really frustrated and says, well, then I know what we got to do. We got to kill Elisha. That'll stop the problem. That'll end the problem. That's where we'll pick it up. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. It says, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send my men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. 
When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So he's saying that they found out where Elisha was. Elisha's servant, Elisha's, uh, the man that was always with Elisha, went out in the morning to go get some Starbucks for Elisha. And he goes out, opens the door, and he looks around, and he sees that the city is surrounded by an army. And he did whatever, the same thing you and I would do. It was like, OMG. Oh, my Lord. He was overwhelmed. And here's the thing, guys. Here is this man serving the man of God. Serving God. And he was feeling overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. I don't know how many times you have felt this way in your life. You're serving God. You're seeking God. But it seems like all the circumstances surrounding your life. You get up every morning and you look out the door and you have that OMG moment. Like this is my life. I can't believe this sickness is here. I can't believe we had another fight last night. I can't believe that my marriage is in trouble. I don't know what happened for me to get to this point in my life. And we get overwhelmed by circumstances. We get overwhelmed by family. We get overwhelmed by work. We get overwhelmed by the pressures that we have upon us. And we look out and we see it all standing against us. We see it all uh, uh, oppressing us. We see it all just crushing us. And we have that moment like, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? And in verse 16, the prophet answered, don't be afraid. I I don't know. I don't know about you, but if it was me and I'm looking out here and he tells me don't be afraid, I'd be like, what are you thinking? What do you mean don't be afraid? Look at all those people. We're surrounded and they're coming for you. I mean, they're not coming for me, but if they get you, they're going to get me. How can you tell me not to be afraid? How can you tell me not to be worried? How can you tell me not to be concerned about my marriage? How can, I be, how can you tell me not to be concerned about what's going on? But the prophet says, don't be afraid. And some very important words he says next. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Church, you got to understand, there's an unseen battle. And though we may struggle in this physical world, you got to understand that there is someone and there are, uh, there, are, uh, there are spiritual beings that are on our favor as well. And then it says in verse 17, Elisha prayed, open his eyes. Turn to your neighbor, say, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Come on, turn to your other neighbor, tell him, open your eyes. You got to open your eyes. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills. 
full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Though, may, though God may be in our lives, we can be overwhelmed by circumstances if we don't understand the unseen world. But see, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, John saying to, 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 the, to his readers, he tells them, understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You and I, we serve a mighty God. You serve a God that loves you. You serve a God that is for you. You serve a God that will lift you up. You serve a God that will won't let you down. You serve a God that gives you strength. is for you. And there's four spiritual truths that I want you to understand today. And this is the basis of the next few weeks, okay? There are four truths. We read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, 12, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, you were born into a spiritual battle. Whether you want to admit it or not, that's the truth. You were born into a spiritual battle. Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you look at your neighbor, your struggle is not against your neighbor. When you look at your spouse and you guys have been fighting, your struggle is not against your spouse. Your struggle is against the unseen. It's against the unseen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter speaking says, Dear friends, do not be surprised on the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. Struggle should not surprise us. Struggle should not make us feel like something's wrong. This is something that happens in our lives. Peter says, Don't be surprised. It's going to happen. Tell your neighbor it's going to (laughs) happen. Are you guys happy today? Amen. Be encouraged. It's going to happen. Struggle's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. Because you were born into a spiritual battle. Number two, you have a real enemy that schemes against you. There is a real enemy that's making plans against you. How about that? How about that for encouragement today? (laughs) He is scheming. He's thinking of ways. You know what? The devil doesn't even care if if you don't believe in him. The devil only cares that whatever he does, whatever scheme comes against you, that it pulls you away from God. You never know how much of a threat you are to the enemy until you try to do something for God. Have you ever noticed that? You decide to to do something for God. 
You know what? This year, I'm going to be more. This happens every January, right? This year, I'm going to read the Bible more. This year, I'm going to pray more. This year, I'm going to serve at the church more. This year, I'm going to be more committed. You know what? This year, I'm going to open a small group in my house. This year, this is the year. And then February rolls around. And it seems like the year just won't end. That commitment to prayer has already trickled down. That decision to fast once a week, you've already broken it a couple times. Why? Because when you and I decide to do something for God, when you and I decide to act and do something for God, that's a threat to the enemy. And the enemy won't sit still. He won't. But the Bible says... Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, that's the beautiful thing that God does not leave us at our own, with our own devices. God has given us an arsenal. God has given us something to withstand the attacks and something to be able to fight back with. But you got to understand that there is a real enemy that is against you. Number three, this is where it starts getting good, guys. You have protection against the enemy's attacks. I just read, put on the full armor of God. God has not put you in this world without something to lead you, without something to guide you. He has given you the opportunity to be filled with his Holy Spirit. What more can we want? God living within us. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Again, it says no weapon formed. There will be weapons formed, but they're not going to prosper. There will be weapons pointed in your direction, but they won't take you down. Because we have our protection. For those of us who are in Christ... We have that protection. And number four, your strength is in the Lord. I was trying to think of how to explain this, and I think the the thing that came to my mind was, I don't know if if when you have children, if you've ever noticed how the older kid likes to pick on the younger kid, uh, and then the younger kid starts picking on the older kid, right? But it's funny because when the younger boy, at least for us, when our younger kid, my Andrew, he's not in here, right? When Andrew would pick on Nathan and do something that he knew would make Nathan mad, what would he do? He would do it, and then he'd run to find me and stand behind me. <laughs> Why? Because he knew that Nathan couldn't do nothing to, to him while I was with him. Your strength is in the Lord. See, in the physical world, Andrew's got to be careful because I can't always be with him. And he's lived that a couple times. (laughs) But God promises to be with you. He promises never to leave you or forsake you. He promises to be there 
every moment of the day. It doesn't matter what the enemy may say about you. It doesn't matter what his circumstances going on around you. You can always stand firm knowing that God is there. The devil can't hurt you. The devil can't hurt us. We're like, we should be like those kids running behind that. Because I'm secure in that. I'm safe in that. So when we're facing opposition in our lives, we're going through a situation in the physical world, remember we are involved in a spiritual conflict. So I'm going to give you a few more things. These are steps that you can take when you feel overwhelmed, okay? And some of these things you're going to be like, really, that's what, that's what you have to tell me? And I'm going to tell you why you, you might say really. All right? Number one, go ahead, brother. We need to open our eyes. When we need God to open our eyes, we need to pray. Pray. Pray? That's like very basic, Pastor. Everybody tells me I need to pray. Well, everybody tells you you need to pray because you need to pray. The reason we get upset when people tell us you need to pray is because you know you're not praying. You need to pray. You need to spend time with God. You need to get on your knees. Or or you need to find that, that spot, that place where you and God can connect. You need to pray, spend time with him. When you and I pray, we know that we put the situation in God's hands. See, prayer is not necessarily that God is going to change things, but the prayer is that you're confident that God is aware. You're confident that God is there. You brought the problem before the throne of God, and no matter what happens, you know that God knows. You put the situation in God's hands. Number two, you got to worship. When you pray, you gotta, you got to lift your hands. you got to put on some worship music. you got to listen to that song that transports you to God's presence. Why? Because when you're in God's presence, any problem you're facing becomes really small. You thought that was a big deal, but now you're before God and you realize God is an even bigger deal. I can face it. I'm energized. I'm ready to go. One of the things when I was going through, what I was going through in 2010, and as I was knowing that my brother's time was at a very, uh, very short on this world, I would find myself on my way to work. I would listen to worship music, and all I could do was just think about God. Because he was my, he is my strength. He was the only thing that could make my day feel better. I would worship. Number three, you got to speak truth, guys. You got to speak truth to yourself. You got to look at the word of God and say, the word of God says that I am more than a conqueror. I am going to stand firm today because I believe the truth. And although it may not feel like I'm conquering anything today, his word says I am more than a conqueror. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Sickness, disease. God's love is present in my life. You got to speak. You got to preach to yourself. Tell your neighbor, preach to yourself. 
preach to yourself. You gotta write, make sticky notes at work and put it on there. Uh, I am more than a conqueror. I am, I am something great. And God, greater is He that is in me that is in the world. That is in the world. There are more with me than that are against me. Speak truth into your life. Number four seems very cliche. We like to say it as Christians: let go and let God. But isn't that the reality? That we love to control things. Even the things that we have no control over, we try to manage it. We try to minimize risk. We try to manage what's going on in our lives. But you got to let go and let God. You do the possible. What's the possible? You can pray. You can worship. You can speak truth into your life. If there's paperwork you need to fill out, you fill it out. If there's phone calls you need to make, you make them. But other than that, that's all you do. You trust God to do the rest. Because you can't do it. If you're waiting for a phone call and you need that phone call to give you some sort of assurance, you got to wait on the Lord. If you're waiting for those test results, you've put it in God's hands. you got to wait on the Lord. Number five, you got to testify. There is no greater thing in our lives than the testimony that we have. Revelation says that we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You don't understand that the story, I preached this a few weeks ago, your story is so important to the kingdom of God. What God has done in your life, what God has brought you from and brought you to, where God has given you life when there was death, when God has worked in your family, when God has worked in your finances, there is no greater weapon that you and I have than the testimony of God's goodness, God's greatness, what God has done in our lives. You got to speak it. You got to let the world know. You got to tell your neighbor. You got to be, you got to get to the point where people are like, oh no, here he comes. Why? Because one day, that person is going to need that word from you. And your word, your testimony, God can use it to give life to a dead situation. I'm going to ask you to stand. Church, and you and I, when you and I become aware of the unseen, when you and I understand that there is a true spiritual battle in our lives, let me tell you, there can be peace in the storm. There can be joy in our hearts, even those moments where it's ridiculous to have joy. We can see the good and the bad. We can love those who hate us. I've been picking on that co-worker the past few weeks. But you can love him or her too. We can serve with joy in our hearts when we feel like maybe somebody should be helping us out. 
But when you and I understand that it's spiritual, that there's a real battle, that there's something going on, we brought it before God. God's got it in his hands. I can come to church. I can raise my hands freely. I can raise my voice. I can lift my eyes to the heaven. And I know that my help doesn't come from the government. I know my help comes from God. My encouragement comes from him. All the good things in my life are a gift from the Father up above. Understand the unseen. Don't look for a devil around every corner, but understand that there is a battle. And you have to ask God, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes so that I can see what you're doing, so that I can see your your hand in my life, so that I can understand what you're doing. Today, as as we're finishing up, I'm going to invite you some of us are struggling through different things for some of us it was a struggle to get here today but God is on your side God is for you he is not against you but I invite you come up today and just ask God God open my eyes for this situation that I can see your light that I can see your love that I can see your hand, that I can see your spirit at work in my life, that I can truly understand what Romans chapter 8 says, that all things work together for the good of those who love him.